Welcome to the Speak Up Talk Radio Network. I am Pat Rulo, and today I have a Firebird Book Award winning author to share with you. She is Ames Sheldon, and the winning book is titled Lemons in the Garden of Love. Ames is the lead author and associate editor of the monumental reference work Women's History Sources, a guide to archives and manuscript collections in the United States, which taught her to love writing about the history of women in America. She is the author of two award-winning historical novels with strong female protagonists, and her Eleanor's Wars won the 2016 Benjamin Franklin Gold Award for Best New Voice in Fiction, and her sequel, Don't Put the Boats Away, won the Family Saga category in the 2020 American Fiction Awards and was a finalist in the 2020 International Book Awards, the National Indie Excellence Awards, the Next Generation Indie Book Awards, and the 2019 Best Book Awards. She comes from a family of ardent supporters of reproductive rights for women, and I am so looking forward to finding out more. So welcome to the network, Ames. Thank you, Pat. Thanks so much for that very kind introduction. Well, you did all the work. I just read it. How's that? (laughs) (laughs) I had the easy part. I'd love to talk about my book, Lemons in the Garden of Love. It's a book that I started working on many years ago. Um, It takes place in 1977 when Cassie Lyman, a graduate student in women's history at the University of Minnesota, is on her way to her sister's shotgun wedding on the East Coast. She's seeking a topic for her doctoral dissertation. And um, in the process, she stops at Smith College Library, where she uncovers a trove of suffrage cartoons, diaries, and letters of Kate Easton, the founder of the Birth Control League of Massachusetts. At the wedding over the weekend, Cassie learns that she and Kate are closely related and that they have more in common than she could ever have imagined. So that's how it starts, and the book goes on for several years um, in the life of Cassie Lyman. How does this tie into your interest in reproductive rights for women? Let's talk about that. I'm sorry, Lemons in the Garden of Love was actually inspired by my great-grand-aunt, Blanche Ames, who co-founded the Birth Control League of Massachusetts. This novel started with a dream that I had in which my great-grand-aunt, Blanche, told me to write her story. So I did a great deal of research. Um, she had left a bunch of, a lot of material at the Smith College uh, archives, the Sophia Smith archives at Smith. Um, so there was a lot of material there. Um, this great grand aunt did live a long time, but I never met her. She died in, I think, 1969, um, in her 90s. So that's where it started. Um, and then I learned that my grandmother marched in birth control parades with her aunt, Blanche, um, My mother was a big uh, supporter of Planned Parenthood. She would um, she would man the booth at the Minnesota State Fair 
the Planned Parenthood booth, and people would come up to her and talk to her and scream at her and spit at her and so on. And and I watched her stay very calm and very clear about what she was talking about. So that's um, that that's a bunch of history on this book and how it came to be. You had to dig backwards into your family tree, but you found that recurring theme. Exactly. And I myself am very much uh, a supporter of Planned Parenthood and actually the um, the royalties from the sales of lemons in the Garden of Love. Um, 50% are going to benefit Planned Parenthood. So if you had to cull it down, because I'm sure listeners might be interested, why the interest in Planned Parenthood? What about that organization or their thesis or their mission drives you? Well, to me, uh, being able to decide when you want to have children, whether you want to have children, how many children you want to have, that, that having that power over your body um, has an em- enormous impact on your life, on what you can do with your life. If you end up not having birth control and having five children before the age of 30, that could have a fairly significant impact on what you can do with your life educationally, professionally, career-wise. I mean, children are wonderful. I'm thrilled to be a parent myself. But I think being able to control your own body is crucial absolutely critical. Kind of takes us to where we are today, where where they're mandating that people have a vaccine that they may or may not want to have. Yes, I agree. I agree. And it's, it's timely, too, in that um, given the current challenges to Roe v. Wade, you know, it's easy today to forget what life was like for women before birth control was readily available. In Massachusetts, birth control was not legalized until 1977. That's 100 years after um, Anthony Comstock declared that anything having to do with contraceptive information and materials uh, was illegal. Last fall, the ten, I'm sorry, the Texas Senate Bill Number Eight banned abortion at six weeks before many women even understand that they're pregnant. This summer, the the Supreme Court is hearing a case about Mississippi's unconstitutional ban on abortion. So, abortion is uh, <laughs> very much a hot topic right now, um, and so is birth control. Last year, in 2021, more than 100 state-based restrictions on abortion and birth control were enacted in states around this country. Now, that that has a significant impact on the autonomy of women. And unfortunately, of course, the women who are not able to, who, who need an abortion, who already have enough children, often can't necessarily afford to travel to a place where they can get an abortion if they live in a state where it's become illegal. Wow. Yeah, there's there's lots to this conversation that we cannot be even begin to 
tackle, but uh, true. yeah, <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> yes, <that's> true. <laughs> absolutely. What about the title? How did you come up with "Lemons in the Garden of Love"? Um, it's actually a reference to um, my family history. The, I, I came from a fairly matriarchal family, and uh, so the women in the family kind of called the shots um, in, in many ways. The men were referred to as the um, outlaws or the lemons in the Garden of Love. And in fact, in my grandparents' generation, the men had little um, boutonnieres uh, uh, made up with lemons. <laughs> and there's a song about lemons in the Garden of Love. Uh, you know, why why did I pick a lemon in the Garden of Love? I should have gone for a peach or whatever. Anyway, the the song is in is in the uh, book as well. Oh, that's so funny! The men wear their boutonnieres with pride, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where the title came from. I love that. And what about the cover? Well, uh, yes, it was tricky to figure out how to um, how to use those lemons, how to make it. Uh, at all relevant. I mean, to me, um, in, in a sense, uh, lemons in the Garden of Love also can refer to the fact that if you are experience, experiencing the Garden of Love, you might have an unintended consequence, i.e. a pregnancy, which might be a lemon for you at that time in your history. Um, <laughs> so that's, there's that, too. All right. So, yeah, I would imagine it was a little bit of a challenge to come up with a cover that would reflect not only the title, but obviously what's within the book. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah, so we, we did a, a number of, of takes on that. Uh, the book, Lemons in the Garden of Love, m mostly takes place in 1977 when the women's movement is just sort of the second round of the women's movement, if you will, was just really taking off. So there's a lot of very historically relevant information about that period and, you know, what the hairstyles look like mm -hmm. and what the people are wearing and consciousness raising groups and, and things like that. Um, so that is interspersed with diary entries from Kate Easton, the founder of the Birth Control League, and what she went through over decades um, trying to make birth control legal in the state of Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. And what about feedback? What have you heard from readers? I've, I've been getting very positive feedback. Um, I've been told this is my best book. Um, it's deeply researched, um, and yet it's very compelling in terms of, you know, making people want to turn the page, 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 page after page. Um, so I, I, I really enjoy writing historical fiction. Um, to me, that's a, a great way to learn about the history of a period um, in a very fun way. Um, so... I, I've gotten good feedback about that, about the history and the relevance. Um, so uh, people seem to like it a lot. You know, I, I don't really know how well it's selling yet because yes. uh, it, it's only been six months. And with the pandemic, it's been very difficult to, well, it's been impossible to have, um, you know, book fairs right. and readings at bookstores and that sort of thing. Yep. 
Yep, the traditional routes of marketing as far as in person, yeah, that just kind of dried up. I do a lot of public speaking and bring my books along as well. And wow, you know, two years, I have to figure another way, another way to market. So it is a challenge. What's next? What are you working on next? Uh, well, actually, short stories. Um, I this is my third historical novel, and um, and I I'm not really ready to take on another one right now. Um, it's uh, you know the amount of work uh, involved in doing the research, and doing the writing, and doing the editing, and doing the publishing, and doing the publicity. It, it's huge. This book I started 40 years ago. Oh. Lemons in the Garden of Love. So it's really my first um, novel, but my third published novel, if you can. <laughs> I get it. Distinction. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, yeah. I can see how you need a break just because, as you say, the research is so intense. I like to read historical fiction as well. And you always have to hope until you get to know the author that the historical aspect of it is well-researched and is true to what happened. It is a great way to learn and hopefully that the, the writer has done their due diligence. So once you feel safe with an author, then you feel that you could read any of their books. Yes, exactly. I agree with you. Mm -hmm. All righty. Well, as we begin to wrap up here, is there anything we missed that you wanted to highlight today? Well, I think I've told you the, the important parts, I mean, the most significant. Uh, I, I did have a challenge when Blanche, in my dream, told me to write her story. What she actually said was, write my autobiography. And how, how do I write somebody's autobiography, somebody I've never met? Mm -hmm. So that was a challenge. Uh, I thought about writing her biography, um, but... In the early 80s, I, I spoke with several um, publishers about that idea, and I was told that um, they wouldn't buy it. They wouldn't, they wouldn't be able to sell enough copies. Well, it turns out the woman, um, Blanche Ames, that this is based on, was such a capable, interesting person that um, she now does have a, bio a biography that's written about her and um, a documentary about her work as a suffrage cartoonist. Uh, you know, she 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 uh, drew cartoons about the suffrage movement that were published in newspapers around the country in the beginning of the 20th century. Yeah. Um, anyway, she was a very multifaceted character. Um, and so one of my challenges was was really focusing in on the main elements of her story and not everything else that, mm -hmm. <laughs> that my great grandaunt actually did. Um, so it was it it was an interesting challenge, but I think I think I have done a good job with it. I do think you rose to the occasion and um, and put it together in a way will attract more readers. I hope so. Mm -hmm. I definitely hope yeah, so. I think so too. So I do have a website, um, Ames Sheldon, A-M-E-S-S-H-E-L-D-O-N.com, um, and um, people can reach me that way, or I also have an email address. Would that be relevant? Um, sure. That's Ames Sheldon, A-M-E-S-S-H-E-L-D-O-N-07 at gmail.com. I love to meet with book groups in person or on Zoom. Um, what else can I tell you? I think that's good. As long as they have a website, uh, then they can begin to 
navigate from there. Exactly. Yes. All right. So we're talking with Ames Sheldon. The book is titled Lemons in the Garden of Love. And the website is amessheldon.com. I was looking forward to this today. Thank you so much for sharing your book with us. And I hope you can submit your short story book whenever that gets ready to roll. And you're always welcome here. Thank you so much, Pat. I've really enjoyed speaking with you.